This conference will now be recorded. All right. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? My name is Claire Bartlett, and you're watching and listening to Me and My Racket. It's a show about tennis industry professionals sharing their passion, purpose, and connecting over the sport we all know and love. Today on the show, we've got Allison Ojeda and Jared Chaplin. How are you all doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Claire. Yeah. Glad yeah, to be Thanks for coming on. So you two, I'm going to read um, your bios first so the listeners can get all that and then we'll get going. So first, Allison Ojeda is the head women's tennis coach for her alma mater at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Before her role as head coach, Allison was the associate head coach at Baylor University, the head coach at MTSU, the assistant coach at Alabama, and the assistant coach at Texas A&M. During her playing career at Tennessee, she was one of only four Lady Vols in the history to post more than 100 victories in both singles and doubles and was the three-time SEC sportsmanship winner. And Jared Chaplin is the assistant women's tennis coach for UT, his alma mater as well, and is originally from Sydney, Australia. Before coaching at UT, Jared was the volunteer assistant for the men's team at Vanderbilt in the 2017 and 2018 season before serving as the interim assistant for the women's program for the 2018-2019 season. As a player, he too was a standout at UT and was named SEC Academic Honor Roll for three straight years. And in his professional career on tour, he achieved an ATP, ATP doubles career high ranking of 155. Allison, Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. Yeah, so how... I know both of y'all. <laughs> so how have things been going? Um, I know y'all are both in Knoxville. What have y'all been up to lately? Probably the same as you and uh, not really doing too much, you know, like trying as hard as we can to stay out of everybody's way, stay home and mm -hmm. and just kind of do our part of this whole thing. Uh, but yeah, we haven't been doing too much. Lots of Zoom calls. Um, as much recruiting as possible through the phone, trying to have some conversations with our team about um, Black Lives Matter and yeah. just kind of what the fall looks like. So trying to have as many conversations as we can. But um, I mean, look, when our job is used to, we're used to being around people every day. So it's mm -hmm. it's quite different not having those relationships every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jared. You got it. Yeah, it's been a strange time. I think, um, you know, take the, more windows that you can to get outdoors and kind of mm -hmm. good for the good for the mind but um certainly haven't spent this little time on a tennis court for a very long time um so i think that's one of the things that we're both looking forward to uh when we get to the end yeah for sure when we were talking a little bit before we were recording just saying how we've all kind of spent our lives in hotels and cars and planes and everything and it's quite an adjustment so um yeah, it's a good opportunity to get outside. And y'all are right by the, you know, great outdoors. <laughs> so I'm sure y'all have plenty of places to go. Yeah. But um, Right, we've been really lucky. So we've actually gone out and gone hiking a lot, gone camping, mm -hmm. taking the kayaks out. So it that stuff has been nice. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, awesome. Well, and Jared, have you all, when y'all been talking about, you know, you've been talking with the team, has that been on Zoom pretty much? Is, is that... Yeah, we've been able to, you know, whether it's a phone call or text, um, getting getting the whole team together on a Zoom call. Um, mm -hmm. and I think I think that first month after the season it got cancelled, I think everyone was kind of spinning their wheels a little bit, like what is happening. Um, and it's not that we have a clearer picture now. I just think there was so many unknowns. 
for that first month and a half um, that we kind of try to stay as engaged as possible with tennis related stuff. And mm-hmm. Alison and I, you know, kind of a month into it, realized this is gonna this is gonna transition through the summer, and and it's yeah. it, the focus kind of shifted just to kind of how how the girls doing, um, what's happening in their lives, how's this this kind of talk about you know a, a few topics that maybe a little larger than tennis. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's huge. And that's, it's a, it's been a really tough time, but it's also been a great time for an opportunity like that, like you're saying to have those conversations. So that's awesome that y'all been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, so I want to dive into um, some of your, you know, tennis journeys and experiences. And um, I know we've all talked about how we have a lot of common bonds, but Allison, I'm going to start with you and um, just, just kind of describe how, you know, you got started with tennis and, your history and, and everything leading up until now in your career? Yeah, so I uh, my parents were members at the Jewish Community Center when we were little kids. So we'd go out there every day in the summer, go to the swimming pool, and at some point, inevitably, the gym would close so you couldn't shoot hoops anymore, you couldn't kick the soccer ball around, and, and all that was really left open were the tennis courts. And um, at the time, I honestly thought it was a boring sport, and... Uh, just kind of picked up a racket out of boredom while my parents were playing and started hitting on a backboard and, and then fell in love with it. And, um, so I had already, by the time I hit with my first opponent or hitting partner, I could already keep a ball going, understood kind of the direction that the ball was going to take based on where we hit it on the board. And, um, yes, I was on the board for probably a year. And then I started playing and, uh, and just, yeah, fell in love with the sport. That's awesome. Well, yeah, and the backboard never misses, so that's a good partner. <laughs> but Jared, what about you? How did you get? How did you? Yeah, get um, I, I think tennis was kind of inevitable for me in in a way um, because my mum had played professionally. Uh, she was coaching when she was pregnant with me, and uh, continued to coach to this day. Um, but I think just through, you know, I never. Through through all my years, I, I, I never once had any kind of pressure to play the sport. Um, I think just through association at the beginning, kind of waiting for mum to finish lessons and stuff like that, and I, I picked it up. And um, yeah, obviously, I learned pretty quickly that I didn't like losing, and and that's kind of what kept me out there um, a little more than the average person, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I never. I was never I was never coached by my mum, but she um, but just through kind of following her around, I was always near a tennis court, and that was probably the age of you know five six. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, very cool. Well, so um, with where you both are now, um, Allison, to start with you, you know, is is the head coach. Um, you know, what do you really enjoy about what you do, and what like motivates you to keep coming back season after season? Yeah, I think. I mean, honestly, I enjoy every part of the job. Um, and we, We're around energetic players every single day. You're around college students every day. You're around administration who wants to excel. So I think anybody who we're talking to on a daily basis is incredibly eager to get to, to that next step in their career, whatever it may be. And um, there's a lot to be said for being around positive energy from the second you wake up till when you go home to, uh, to sleep. And you know, I mean, we have some really long days sometimes, and um, and when you're just surrounded by people who want to be great, it's it makes those days fun. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
I agree. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, just being, there's different industries when you, when you're tennis coaching and, and to be in, in college tennis and, and to kind of prepare for a season and, and kind of take each season as a different journey for each team. And that, yeah. that new story that they tell each year is kind of exciting to be a part of. And, um, certainly as, as someone that just didn't graduate too long ago, um, it's, it's nice to be able to kind of relate to our girls and where they are in their lives and, 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 and their tennis journey and try to maybe expedite the process on some of the lessons I, I learned. Yeah. Well, and those are such formative years, you know, like you think you're an adult when you get there and then you're like, <laughs> I realize I know nothing. And right. so to have like great coaches and role models just to turn to is big for sure. So, well, and I know you both played in a, at an elite level and um, that takes, you know, as we've talked about, like a lot of mental toughness and fortitude. And so I wanted to get y'all's thoughts, um, you know, just on what you learned as a player throughout the years and what you all try to instill in your players. Jared, you want to go ahead first? Yeah, sure. Um, I think for me, tennis is it, it. You you have to best prepare as if it's it's a marathon, right? It's going to be a lot of years. Um, if you have the ambition to play at a D one level, if you have the ambition to play beyond that, um, I was fortunate to be able to play three years of professional tennis after school, and that you know before coming to school, I was traveling, playing the ITF Junior Tour and stuff like that. So. Once I got a grasp on, um, you know, playing 30-something weeks a year on tour, you can't really um, expect to win every week. And and once you once you get that kind of internal gauge for how's my passion for the sport, how's uh, how's my improvement, um, where, and and then you get this kind of pretty honest gauge. I mean, when you're when you're in the middle of Israel or, or Mexico and you're you're kind of figuring out okay why, why did I lose that match or why did we lose that match the doubles team and, and and being really honest about what it is you're doing well and and not doing so well uh, what areas need improvement I think that probably that recognition is probably one of the bigger parts of the mental game um, because it allows you to just be pretty transparent about where your tennis game is Right. Well, it allows you to look at the long term versus like, you know, like you're saying, week in, week out, because if you are looking at each individual thing, then it, it could get you down, you know, depending on your results. But um, yeah, like looking at the long term, like you're saying is. For sure. And I think um, the one thing in terms of, you know, how we instill mental toughness or, or consistency with our girls, I think um, the practice court has become a large focus for the program. and certainly you know there's a certain amount of pressure or or stress that we self-inflict as tennis players and you know i think if you can try to replicate as much of that focus intensity or decision making on a practice court um it doesn't it it doesn't become as high anxiety as, as what it can look like sometimes when you go on the road and you're playing a door match and it's three three you know yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Allison, do you yeah. have any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this sport will eat you alive if you are focused on on result after result after result. Um, 
I'm five foot one and was told I would never be a great tennis player because I'm too small. And and so for me, I've, I always had this like kind of chip on my shoulder that I'm like, look, look, like I'm not trying to be top 10 in the world in professional tennis. You know, I just want to be a good college player. And um, so Mike and Sonia Patrick, back when I was in school, they they taught us through practice really how to become a mentally tough player. And so the goal, honestly, with our team back in the day was let's let's just run every single ball down and let's find another way to put the ball on the court. And and if we can do that, then, um, you know, look, then we're going to make some headway. And that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's it is college tennis. It's not professional tennis. So all of a sudden you're playing against a player who. They've just taken 25 minutes to play the first two and a half, three games, and then they have a gut check, you know, like, do I really want to do this all day? And, uh, you know, I've got social things that I want to do when I'm done with this match. And um, so, yeah, so, so we figured out, you know, years ago on the tennis court in training how to be just gutsy with everything that we did. And so fortunately now we're recruiting players who, who can play at a higher level than we were back in the day. But but now also when you instill that same mental toughness and kind of grittiness, then yeah, uh, yeah you just, you get out on the court and and maybe that player on the other side is better than you eight out of 10 times, but but let's figure out a way to make it really difficult for them today. So that's, yeah. that's kind of our mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and running down balls like that wins a lot of matches. So <laughs> that's a great strategy. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to get the daylights out of the ball. And um, yeah. yeah. so look, if, if you are somebody who can do that and the ball lands in the court time and again, then by all means do it. But if it doesn't, then let's figure out a way to, to push our opponents. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, um, you know, going along another line, do y'all have any memorable matches or like, you know, times as a team that really stand out um, that you, you've all had together? Jerry, which, um, we do have a couple for sure, but the season, this was our first year coaching together and the season was cut to be honest. Um, you know, we, I think we definitely missed out on some opportunities to have those moments. But with that said, the first one moment that stands out in my mind was actually coaching against Jared when he was at Vanderbilt. Um, I'm a big fan of on court coaching and I'm coaching against the guy and it's in a fall tournament and Tennessee football is playing. So we like are kind of checking our phone every once in a while to update on the scores and, and then staying in tune with the team, making adjustments on court and chaps was just so impressive with, with every little adjustment that he was able to make with the team. And, and a lot of coaches know how to make those adjustments, but being able mid match to actually have a conversation with the player where it allows them to still have confidence in that adjustment that they're about to make is it's pretty, it's, it takes a special person to be able to do that. So, yeah. so that's one for sure, which is why I called him as soon as, as soon as I could to see if he'd jump on board with us. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another memory would be against Virginia and uh, at the ITA kickoff, we, we ended up losing the match, but we were up three love and um, with the last match on and just, I mean, it was just uh it was a heartbreaker, but it was one that certainly brought our team a lot closer and our team realized just how good we could be. So yeah. that's that's a good memory. Yeah, that's awesome. Jared, do you have anything to add there? Just there? Just talking about, just before you, you probably remember, just about the memorable tennis moments. And Allison was saying how you're a character on the court. So that's where we left off. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, I think I think the the character part is is just trying to maybe uh, mitigate some of that stress that that our girls kind of put on themselves and and try to remind them with any kind of humor or whatever it might be, just that that we are still playing a game. Obviously, everybody's got the same intention of of winning. Otherwise, we wouldn't be all together. But um, I think there's yeah there's a way to eventually get the message across and and sometimes you kind of break that up with a laugh you get you get a little more listening capability but um yeah, yeah it's it's certainly it's certainly a lot of fun i think working with allison um has allowed me to kind of uh, be myself she's she's appreciated that that part of my coaching style and um it's it's been a blast yeah but as far as memories um you know obviously allison mentioned that the the season being cut short and me being my first year, um, we don't have a, a huge archive. But I think two that stood out uh, was just the, the the Virginia match that we lost against the top team to go through to the indoors. And I think that would have been kind of a milestone moment, but it was memorable because of the way, um, you know, I got to watch our head coach address the girls in the locker room and a match like that, which is really gut-wrenching and, and, and the way she, kind of lifted them up and 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 got them ready for what lay ahead rather than what had just happened um, was encouraging for me because it kind of it set a tone for what this this journey will be like and then um, I think to 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 play our last door match against old mess and and be in a roles reversed situation where we were down 3-0 and we had to win all four matches and and we won a couple of those in very um, Type three setters. I think that was a, it was a, it was a nice. When I look back at it now, in such a short season, that was a nice way to, to to finish from from where it started to to the way down there. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Hopefully, well, there's many to report in the next few years. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. there will. Be. <laughs> well, um, so and this is for both of you again, but you know, and I know you both played and you know it was kind of natural for you to be in tennis but what do you have to say like do you have any suggestions or advice for people that are looking to get into coaching or you know the tennis industry and and just any best practices and things you all learned along the way Allison you want to start yeah um so I my tennis coach when I was a junior was Bob McKinley and his brother was one of the best players in in the world and then um he coached at Trinity back when Trinity was winning national championships when they were Division One. Then they moved over to Division Three, and he was coaching at John Newcomb Tennis Academy. And so his son Seth and I would ride with him to and from practice every day for years. And oh, in wow. San Antonio, yes, it was about an hour and a half round trip. And he just shared story after story after story about college tennis. And so by the time I was 14, I knew I wanted to be a professional tennis player, but I also knew I wanted to be a college tennis coach. And um, so I've always known that that's what I wanted to do. And um, so the one thing for me is when I came to school at Tennessee, Mike and Sonia then knew that that's what I wanted to do. So they, they made sure to really like help me meet people. So anytime we'd go play a match, you know, not the morning of the match, but the day before when we'd be practicing, they'd introduce me to the head coaches, introduce me to the assistant coaches, and, and just say, look, four, five, six years from now, this kid's going to want to get into the coaching industry, right. so I want you to know who the person is. And so I really have a lot to thank them for. They've been amazing in helping me just kind of get started. And um, 
And then administration at Tennessee when I was an athlete, they have also been incredible. Our athletic director, Joan Cronin, is now retired, and uh, but she's still in Knoxville. And she, I mean, she's been incredibly instrumental. And Dara Worrell, who's now my, my um, administrative, well, she's my direct boss underneath yeah. Coach Fulmer. Um, yeah. And honestly, she's like a big sister to me. You know, 20 years ago, she's the one who's been mentoring me with uh, certain decisions in terms of should I take this job, should I not take this job? And um, so so for me, I would say I was a little bit lucky and that I knew that this was something I always wanted to do. And um, so as soon as I graduated, I, I started coaching and just fell in yeah. love with it. Um, if you're not, Jared's story is obviously gonna be very different, but but I would say one of the most important things, it's, it's hard to do and it shouldn't be, but it is hard to do, but is just stay connected, you know, keep making phone calls. Tennis is a very small world. Stay connected, contact people. And, you know, when you're ready to get back into coaching, then come. Um, Jared hasn't, he doesn't necessarily have a lot of college tennis coaching under his belt, but he has so much knowledge of, of the game. And, and he's yeah. been on tour, which is, you know, we're trying to recruit players who want to go out on tour. So he has that. He's coached right. at the professional level. He's played at the professional level. And then most importantly, he's, one of he's just able to connect to the, the players and I think that's really important so um we can teach them the rules you know we can teach them that yeah. stuff but you can't teach somebody how to connect with other athletes yeah that's huge Jerry do you have anything to add there yeah uh I think I think for somebody trying to get into the industry or that has a passion for coaching or that is already coaching um I would just encourage them to not devalue the importance of uh, getting to know the getting to know the kids, the players. Um, yeah. I think I think that says a lot for them, um, who they're playing for, who they're listening to. Um, that that it's a little more than just a transactional, you know, like you win for us and and then I coach you how to do that. Um, once there's that once there's that investment, I think it does a lot for the coach-player relationship. Um, I also think that the, you know, just being never too proud to 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 hear someone else's opinion. Um, I, you know, I, I trust a lot of what I think on the tennis court, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of people that have done it much longer than I have. So uh, I've I feel lucky to be learning from Allison now. I feel lucky to have learned from Jeff at Vanderbilt and, and Ian and um and and i feel lucky that i that i learned from you know my mum and and although all, all those stops along the way i don't think any great coach whether they're 30 or whether they're 70 um hasn't stolen from someone else's playbook along the way so yeah. i think if you're not too proud then um then you can have a, have a pretty good crack at it yeah for sure for sure well, it's like never being afraid to go back, like, you know, like you said, like you both have a lot of knowledge, but like there's always new things coming out, new opinions and new ways of saying things or connecting with people. So being able to see that and, and take that on is, is big too. So, yeah. I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the head coach for the men's team at UT uh, now, Chris Woodruff, he was our assistant when I played and um, that's a perfect example. Is that There's a lot of stuff that, that I, information that i received from him as a player that yeah. uh, that I, i'd say there's probably some overlap in the way i communicate that message yeah, yeah. awesome 
Well, to change gears here a little bit, what do you all like to do um, when you're not around tennis or off court? And I know you've had a lot of time to do that <laughs> to do that now, but um, Allison, why don't you go ahead and start? What do you what do you like to do in your free time? <laughs> uh, so we, my wife and I, are actually considering buying a camper right now. Um, we love hiking. Love, yeah, like like you said earlier, we are 20 miles, 30 miles from the Smoky Mountains. So. Yeah. Um, we're just in such a beautiful area. So we load the dogs up, take off and go on hikes and uh, yeah. take the kayaks out and the paddleboard. We're about a quarter of a mile from the river. And um, oh, wow. yeah, so yeah, so we so that stuff we love. Um, but other than that, to be honest, like with our job, we travel so much. So so when we have some downtime, it's nice to spend time with family and friends and just kind of hang out and keep kind of low key. Yeah. Um, yeah. During, yeah. During this time, we've picked up a little bit of pickleball and we've got some okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> doing that. Um, yeah. 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 On our end, we're trying to keep Jared from joining the PGA tour right now. <laughs> Jared, you've been dropper. <laughs> yeah. I think a, a lot of the male demographic uh, has, has picked that up in this, in this period. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been out there quite a bit. It's, it's a nice way for, you know, me to get outside um, through this yeah. and kind of direct my energy that would otherwise be, you know, running the girls around the court into something else. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, the, the podcast that we're doing now just, just so happened to be scheduled for as Tiger Woods was teeing off. So. Oh, be, okay. Oh, man. I'll be racing. Actually, you should just check the PGI schedule. And, okay. and just, I'll stay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, that, that's been enjoyable. Um, and a lot of my friends in the area uh, kind of got the bug as well. So um, yeah. there's that competitive uh, dynamic there. And I, I think, you know, I've listened to quite a few podcasts as well and got on the on the Joe Rogan train there for a bit. Um, yes. And it's kind of cool just hearing whether it's a comedian, an author, um, you know, a Navy SEAL, just different perspectives and try to connect with um, other people's opinion. It's, uh, I think that's, that's pretty important in uh, today's climate. Yeah, no, for sure. And just getting a lot of different ones because, yeah, it's just good to have a wide variety. <laughs> yeah. but, well, what's, you know, you, you said Joe Rogan's a big one, you know, if, um, do you have any other like books or um, shows or anything that's been motivating you lately? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could probably go through. I could probably go through Netflix, um, and and a lot of people, you know, have probably watched the same stuff at the beginning of COVID with Ozark and yeah. um, a couple of the movies they put on. Tiger King. Tiger King. Yeah. King. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. You know, unfortunately, my hair doesn't grow like that anymore. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, and I think. You know, Allison and I, we try to we try to have the girls read a little bit. So there's always, um, you know, if you can get if we can get our hands on a book that we think is thought provoking or uh, anything like that, we we got through one that was centered around a New Zealand rugby team there for a little while. Um, that was that was good. And uh, other than that, just uh, I'm the same. I like to stay in touch with my friends. Um, just the, take take that time to call with no agenda and just see how they're doing. Um, there's really no excuse at the moment. Yeah, for sure. No, staying connected is, is key. Allison, what, do you have any other um, books or shows you want to add? 
Awesome. So I'm a huge Nicholas Sparks fan. So uh, yeah, <laughs> the book that came out. So I went to try and get it yesterday. But when I honestly, if I'm gonna read, it's gonna be something about sports psychology or or just a book where I can just completely get away from everything. Um, love watching movies. We had decided to rewatch Grey's Anatomy, so we're on season like 12 or something right now. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we, our athletic department is actually encouraging us to read a few different books right now. Um, so How to Be an Anti-Racist is the one that I'm in the middle of reading. and. Um, and it's good. I, I was fortunate to grow up in San Antonio and the mm -hmm. high school that I went to. I mean, we've got loads of people at a high school that I went to, I think had just under 2000 students. And um, and if you were white, you were actually in the minority. So, mm -hmm. so I feel fortunate that I grew up in that environment. Um, that's obviously not what we're the demographic here in Tennessee. So, yeah. so it looks like that right now. And our, our entire mm -hmm. athletic department is being encouraged to read some of that um, some of those types of books and it's, it's been really good we're we're having a lot of the tough conversations and um and it's important so yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome well, cool well um and I, I know we were talking about traveling a little bit earlier and um i wanted to ask you all um what your favorite places were since we can't travel if you could mentally like take us there what your favorite place to go or one of your favorite places is to go and what food you like to eat while you're there jared you want to go yeah um I, I was really fortunate with with my junior tennis traveling as much as i did around the world and then doing the same for another three years after i graduated um i always had fun tennis memories and as a result probably enjoyed the place a lot more when i was in israel um we it, it's it's beautiful there and um and then I think there were there were there were parts of Canada and and you know coming coming from Australia I feel like you know maybe a little biased but I think it's one of the most beautiful countries in the world so um, yeah. it's always it's always nice returning home um, but certainly you know in terms of cultural experience you know India is, is always a, a trade J Japan's probably my favorite country in Asia and yeah. I'll say Japan and Israel Japan and Israel. Cool. Yeah. Those are two places I haven't been to, but would love to. Um, from a traveling standpoint in the States, to be honest, when I feel like when we're traveling to events, and I'm sure you remember this from junior tennis, but like we, you're at the courts all day long and, you know, matches are starting at 8 a.m. And by the time you're done playing doubles, it's 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. And uh, so, and you're traveling from different sites. So, um, but it's more to me about like hanging out with colleagues and catching up with those guys in the evenings. And, um, but when we're out of the country, I absolutely love Spain. Uh, yeah, I think you can, you can go to Spain, you can do an Airbnb instead of setting up in a hotel and just be in the middle of the city and, wow. and hop on, you know, like get to wherever you need to go. There's so many different academies, players all over the place. You can kind of hang out there for 10 days and immerse yourself in the culture. You, I don't yeah. know if you've ever been to Barcelona, but you know, like you can just step outside and you're just shopping in this wonderful, amazing area. <laughs> the food there is exceptional, um, but yet you're watching really good tennis at a right. different club every day. So yeah. yeah, so I would say Barcelona is my favorite, I think. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, hopefully, you know, we can all get to a point where we can travel again safely. I'm not sure yeah. when it will be, but hopefully it won't be for too long <laughs> yeah 
I've got one question for you. What um what was your favorite memory? You had some amazing days in college tennis. What was your favorite memory about college tennis? Oh gosh, put me on the spot. <laughs> oh, there were lots of good ones. Um you know, I guess uh it was just this is the most bizarre thing, but we were on, it wasn't even on the court. We were <laughs> on the bus in Athens, Georgia, and it was at like the national championships. And we were like getting ready for, um, you know, a match. I think it was the semis and we were playing this rap song <laughs> called <laughs> ice cream paint job. And we were all just dancing and like, just kind of not caring at all. And we were just like really pumped up. And there's just a moment there that just seems like we were really like unified, you know, and really excited. Yeah. And um, it's just a happy time. Like we were winning, things were going well and like everybody yeah. was healthy. Like, um, so yeah, that that was like a memorable time for me. It yeah. was so random because I haven't thought of that moment in years probably, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. That's good to hear because I think that's what's been so hard for everybody these last four months is we all love tennis, we all love sport, but it's less about the fact that we're not on the court and more about the fact that we're not making memories like that. And, yeah. And that's you know that's tough. Yeah. Well, in Zoom, you know, Zoom does help a little bit. Like you know, y'all been meeting the team, but it also makes you appreciate just being somewhere in person. You know, because it's right. very different. <laughs> it's very different. Right. So, but well, lastly, um, do y'all have anything you want to talk about? Any final thoughts or anything you want to promote or any shout outs? Chaps, you have anything? No, I mean, just to anybody listening out there, we. Uh, you know, Tennessee Tennis, we're, we're enjoying what we're doing. We uh, we trust what we're doing. And, and Allison and I are, you know, doing our best to make sure that we put our girls in a position to to be right up there at the top. Cool. Yeah, I think one thing on our end, um, from a community standpoint, we have we started a, a little Smokies program a few years ago. And so we've we now have over 400 kids who have been in the system. And one of my best buddies works with Babalot, so we were able to get a, a couple hundred kid rackets, and they come to some free clinics before matches, and and then if they come to six clinics, they get a free racket. And so that's actually been pretty cool to to have the girls really like help grow the sport of tennis in our community. And um, and then the USDA Southern section has been helping. Um, we've got Amy in town who works with the Knoxville you know group. She's been unbelievable. So. So I think one thing from a team standpoint, you know, we, we're not sure what it's going to look like in terms of competition this upcoming fall, but I'm positive that we can still make a difference in the community. So, so that's something that we look forward to doing. For sure. Well, awesome. And yeah, we look forward to supporting you in any way we can and appreciate you all. Thanks, Thanks so much for coming on the show and it's great to learn about you all and talk with you. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for having us. I'm going to give you a call later this week so I can pick your brain about some stuff. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds good. Well, thanks you Bye. all. And to our listeners, thanks so much. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. If you're on YouTube, you can subscribe down below and like, and so you don't miss any new content. Um, and we're also on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So check us out there. And if you don't have time to watch, you can listen on Spotify. So we're there too. So hope you all have a great day and we will talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. You guys, thank you.